What's good? <sighs> Over the years, I made a transition from being uh, a rapper to what I call a pop artist now. And it's simply because I've expanded the range of what I do well as far as recording. What I'm comfortable with, what I look to create, what I saw for myself in the near future, you know. So I started buying more pop beats and rock as well, rock, pop. And recently, I've gotten into rhythm and blues tracks, R&B. So I would say the transformation and me evolving in each genre probably took about 10 years. And it was essentially me understanding the components that made one genre connect to the next, what common thread all of them had. And main thing I had was the melody being able to hear a track, a beat, and the melody would come to me to the point where I started to fuse them all into one beat in my mind. So you can put on any one of them and a melody at some point or a rhythm, a pattern will land on me and then I can just write to the pattern that I saw in my mind. So all to say I first start becoming a pop fan because of one song. It was Taylor Swift. Oddly enough. And it was we are never ever getting back together. And it's simply because I was listening to pop radio. My car didn't have a radio back in the day. It normally didn't. But when it broke down and it was getting fixed, the people at the auto place that I got my car fixed gave me a car to use while mine was down. I'd say it was about a month or even more. You know, I had an older car, so they were searching for parts, cheaper parts. And plus, they would kind of get to it when they got to it because, obviously, they were looking out. So it was no rush because I had a car to use. So 
simply I had a radio in their car that I didn't have in mine. So I kind of worn thin on rap radio stations and stuff like that. So I was riding around to the pop stations and I heard that song one night. And I liked it so much that I started listening to her. Now, initially, I didn't know who the artist was. I had to look it up, all that good stuff. But, you know, I realized, and I said this on a podcast interview once. They asked me what influences I've taken in or do I think the shift in how rap sounds now is it the same? Is it better? Do I find myself having any issues keeping up with the current styles? And I told them what I've been listening to and didn't realize that I always had it in me was pop music because think about it. Michael Jackson, he made pop, he had rock all those and through the years we would scoff at somebody buying rock or playing it and pop music especially as a rap artist we would look down on it like and our demographic would do that as a whole you know you have individuals like what they like but as a whole we thought that wasn't us but in hindsight Michael Jackson was all those things And of course, he was R&B. So, bad and beat it and all that, they had those strong rock elements. And pop is nothing but popular music. So typically, anything that has a chorus that's easy to sing along with, or technically that becomes popular is popular music. But we think of it as a song that's kind of, or very catchy to the point where it's a can't miss. And that's why it's associated with bubblegum pop because kids can sing it. It's usually clean. So it's all encompassing. So that to say, I started to see why it made sense to create that kind of music. And plus the sales, it started to change the way I recorded. I didn't use profanity anymore. That's when that started because I understood why would I use a profane word and slash all the money in half, essentially, if I had a pop record. Because you have some parents who let their kids listen and some not. But why would I even play like that? And what brought it to light was at a Taylor Swift concert. I was at the Reputation Tour. Now, this is already after I stopped using the profanity. But as an example... I saw all that money in that building. I'm like, it would not make sense for me to get on a record and say, F this, F that. 
and just slash all this money or a lot of it because you got parents here with seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds. Why? So that became the reason I stopped using profanity on records, rap included. I mean, I talk with a lot of it, but I don't record it. To me, it's just... It doesn't make sense. And you can't play it everywhere. You have to have edited versions. They can't just throw it on at a party with old people and children. Or be at a restaurant and they have a plan. You have to have the edited version. Or maybe it's so graphic that they don't want to put it in their rotation. It stopped making sense to mar the record with all these words that will slash the money. And sitting in that stadium, looking around, seeing all these people, it didn't make sense to deafen all that noise by taking out all those people who would and could listen to a record because it has profanity on it. So all these things came about. But anyway, one record in particular, or album in particular that it's one of my favorites, one of my go-tos, one of the masterpieces of this current time is that Taylor Swift reputation, <clears throat> reputation record. That thing has all the fire on it. It has a rhythm and blues feel, you have a rap type record with Endgame, which has Future and Ed Sheeran, and essentially they're all rapping on it. The record is like that. The beat is like that. And with her, it's always the writing. Now, how much of it she writes, I'm not sure. Maybe she writes the bulk of it, all of it, I don't know. I mean, she has ideas being passed to her because she has people who write with her. I know that much. So she definitely at least takes in or collaborates with other people's ideas. So that's a lot of the ways she come up with her songs. And they're unbelievable. The chorus, the bridges. A bridge is essentially a change up in the song. Usually on the beat as well that revives the song. You usually can look forward around in the third verse, two-thirds through the song, a bridge gives an alteration in what you hear. Sometimes it's the beginning of the song. Sometimes it's the very end. But that's what it is. It's like where they have a breakdown and it changes up. A bridge just offers a remix of the record within the record. You've heard the chorus one way and the verse another. And then the, the bridge usually, that's the easy way to think of it. It's a remix within the record. And certain artists like 50 Cent are amazing at that. That's where I first started to get. the knack for writing good bridges and that became the point where I knew I was strong in songwriting because I mimicked 50 Cent 
and he had it. And he's big on a nice solid course, a nice change up on the bridge. As you're hearing in the club, the beat is amazing. The chorus is great. And then that change up, my flow brought me the dough. That brought me all my fancy things. You know, that's a bridge. If you're hearing Black Sheep, um, engine, engine, number nine. That breakdown, there's your bridge. It's fly. It it gives the energy to the record, a shot of energy to a record as it's playing because it would be dull just to hear a verse and a chorus, a verse and a chorus, a verse and a chorus for three, four minutes. Now, it can happen. And you got some songs with no chorus, and sometimes it's fine for variation. But to make sure it's melodic and people catching on to it, and it'd be a catchy record to the mass public who's just riding in their car, and they, they start to hum some of the song when it's off, like, hmm, uh, just a melodic part. Bridges do that. See, the more switch-ups and melody, the more ways you bring the record without breaking the continuity, more chances where you can catch somebody's ear to something that stays on their mind. And it may be that one piece of the song is the reason why they like it. And they end up playing it later, like the clips, grinding record. Grinding, you know what we keep in the line, and so stay in line. There's a bridge. Then you got the chorus. Grinding, fly. Nice change up, nice pattern that's engaging for the audience. There's more pieces they can sing to. A bridge usually is not terribly difficult. It, it's simplicity, like the chorus should be in most cases. And if you have a complex chorus, then you want to offset it with a simple bridge. You don't want everything in the record to be complicated, usually. You know, you got some rap artists that they think it's not good unless people do not understand all of it. It's too simple if you don't have to sit there and think, like putting together an equation to figure out what everything means. And you know, that's their thing. We've all done things, or most of us have done things like that. Made a song terribly complex. You know, but anyway, that Reputation album, it's one of those feel good albums for that reason and the more it plays I usually play it on shuffle it'll get to the next song Dancing With Our Hands Tied and I'm like oh that's an amazing song then you have New Year's Day which is a totally different feel Endgame you got, look what you made me do. It's just top to bottom. Did something bad. And I remember that from the tour. They had the fire, the pyro going on with it at the show. It was, it was so hot, you could feel the fire. I mean, I was close, though. I was very close. I had a 
amazing tickets. The album is flawless to me, and it has enough variation that sometimes I get in and I'll hear like two-thirds of it. Sometimes I'll play half. But it's not exhausting on the air. So if I'm riding around the car and I feel like hearing softest type music for an hour in a row, you can just play it and it's all good. Depends on how much you want to hear. Sometimes I need Okay, I hear about 20 minutes of this type of genre, and then I want to switch over to something else. There's times like that. And I want to put on some hardcore rap, then I'll, I'll cut it off and go to that. Same with the rock. I don't always want to hear rock. Sometimes I won't play the whole album all the way through right then. I'll just put it on random, hear about five songs, and go to something else. I do that sometimes. But if you're on a road trip and you like the feel of it, you got enough variation to go for an hour, let it play, and it's just, you'll be amazed. You'll marvel at the song making. It's just somebody who's on top of their game. They're in season shape, and they just make banger after banger. And to me, it's the pinnacle of what a pop album should sound like. I can't compare it to anything else but Michael Jackson because this is a person who's mastered making a a pop album. And she doesn't always make pop albums. She makes country. She'll go for a different feel with a folk music, they call it, like folklore or evermore. You know, obviously I like those too, but the blend of this one, it was just there. I guess 89 is pop like this as well. Is it 89 or 87? I think it's 89. What's that album called of hers? I believe it's 89. <sighs> but to me, it's Michael Jackson because... I listen to other pop artists and normally how it goes is an album will drop and sometimes, especially with streaming, I may sit up there and play the whole album because I'll pick random people out of the blue just to play, just because. But normally how it goes is an album will come out And true to how I normally do, I'll put it on random or shuffle. And as I hear whatever songs that I have to have or I feel like I caught on to it quick or because it has a style that I want to implement into how I write. So it's like a bookmark for me to have that style even just to have that style of something I want to hear again, it's refreshing. I'll make sure I'll add that song to a playlist. Or if it's a song that I just like so much, I'll add it to a playlist. That's how I'll typically do it. But certain artists, 
like her, like um, the Foo Fighters, I may not add any of the songs or the struts. I may not add any of the songs because I know I'm going to play the album so much. You know, I don't want to go back to the playlist and then I got a song that I don't feel like hearing because I know I don't play that album so many times. So, but a lot of times I do add the songs. But sometimes, you know, there's rhyme and reason. I may not add it because I know I'm going to play this album so much in its entirety. To keep the playlist fresh, I'm not going to put one of these over there too. You know, I'll do it like that. But like I said, I'll play an album and I'll add a few of the ones that I, I make sure I want to keep and hear again. And, you know, throughout time, I may pick an artist from the 90s or 80s or 70s, whenever. And just because, ah, that's a name. Why don't I look up them and I'll play it and I'll pick a random album and I'll, I'll play it through. I just love doing that. I'll never run out of material to listen to. But like I say, with the pop artists, I rarely come across one to where, not that I can't play it all the way through because I got patience. I can sit there if I'm doing something and I'll let an album play while I'm playing a video game or something or while I'm riding or if I'm walking. So it's no problem for me to let it play all the way through. So I won't be like, you can play her album all the way through without skipping because I normally don't skip anyway. I don't skip, actually, unless it's an album and it has instrumentals on there, like a lot of the old school ones did. And they'll have a song and it's instrumental on the back of the tape. Sometimes I'll skip that because I don't feel like hearing the instrumental. But other than that, I really don't. But I'll hear other artists, and in this case, other pop artists, they got good stuff, but it's not like amazement song by song by song. You'd be like, man. And then, as I say, it, it may just be one piece of one song or one line that'll stick in my head. And I didn't think I was amazed by the song at first. But that one piece I'll start saying, and it'll stick with me. And this is true for a lot of artists I listen to. And all it takes is that one piece of the song that I like. The one part I'll say and start laughing as I say it. And it'll make me like the song. And with her, being that she's so good at songwriting and the way they'll put a variation, she'll put a variation on a chorus. Like she may say one line, and at the end of the chorus, say so-and-so, so-and-so hat. And then have the same pattern of rhyme and so-and-so, so-and-so bat. So she'll make the melody the same in a chorus or a line and switch it up. Switch up the words. Like on her Lover album, that Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. On that album, she has the part where the go fight win. She'll switch up the words she says to lead up to it. So it's fly. It's not the same way um, leading up to the go fight win part. She rearranged some words, used the same melody, but switched out some words to have the same meaning. But it's fly. That's, that's songwriting and having layers to the songwriting. But you want to have the part 
people know the go fight win because when you do a show, you want the part people can sing along with. And that's easy to remember. You may not remember all the variations in the chorus and which one is here and which one's at the end of the song. I don't remember, but you remember the go fight win part. So you always keep something simple people can sing along with. Why? It sticks in their mind. And when you have shows, that's a part they know. That builds the excitement around the performance. So that to me is what makes her songwriting amazing, impeccable, you know? So there are other pop artists I listen to. I like B. Miller. I like Avril. She's cool. I don't know that I listen to too many... um, listening to too many male pop artists. They're not coming to me right now as I sit here. But those are the those are the ones I probably go to a lot. But and then there are artists that I hear a song or two and I add that one. Tegan and Sarah, I like them. I add some of their stuff. Mostly females with the with the pop. But I don't think anybody not if I'm really going to compare like they all have their strong suits I haven't listened to some people who do not have a universally great sound like you can acknowledge when you hear it like I know a lot of people won't like that but I like it and they have their pocket of fans who will like that and I like those artists who stay true to what they do you know as I say, create it now. Create what you want to hear now. Create what you had a taste for making now and figure out how to market it later. If you do enough songs, you'll find some singles to promote. So as an artist, I like that about certain artists. And Taylor in particular, because I believe she was saying at the time she was putting reputation together. She didn't have interviews about reputation until it was done and out pretty much because she didn't want it to affect how she made the songs or explain why she made certain songs and I like that get lost in it make it how you want how you see it don't think of how a critic gonna like it or a fan gonna like it and make enough songs and you make enough, you make a whole album, you're gonna have some singles to promote. See also songs that will translate to the mass public. So you can make an album with a few singles and then have 15 songs that you just made because you like them. And it may not translate well to the radio, but it doesn't have to because you only need a couple of them for that. You know, but not to compare, but if I were just to say with her and that album in particular, it's a masterpiece. Like To me, I don't, I don't know how it could be better. There could be more on there. You know, a double album. <laughs> At that point, you'll never be satisfied. You're like, well, what's better than this double album? Uh, triple album. So, to say that. 
But I'm going to wrap up there. There's one of my favorites. But even more so than that, be kind, be pleasant, and be great. Freeze this, freeze that.